Chime in anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed. Doesn't matter where we come from, Admiral. Our will to be free is what's going to be. I am no Jedi. I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to. That thing's not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 28 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series, in whatever order we please. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me today, but I'm your host, Cassie. And I'm your other host, a mysterious cloaked figure in the corner of the bar. Not not the one you're thinking of, not Strider. It's Rex. It's Rex. I there's uh the meme format of uh it's like sci-fi is when this actor does this and fantasy is when this actor does this or like in some instances it's like sci-fi is when you want to have sex with elves and fantasy is when you want to have sex with aliens it's just like it's a stupid meme but like i thought fantasy is when you want to have sex with aliens and uh, sci-fi is when you want to have sex with elves oh i might have done it backwards Uh. but like my first thought was uh Fantasy is when a mysterious cloak figure is Aragorn. Everyone knows who it is. Uh, in the corner. And, yeah. And sci-fi is when a mysterious cloaked figure is Rex. Yeah. So it's true. Stupid. <laughs> anyway. If what- that mysterious cloak figure ends up having a bleached buzz cut, yeah. it's definitely sci-fi. But I'm also known as Tommy. Yes. And we're continuing our recap of The Bad Batch, which has sadly been delayed. Last <laughs> time we were announcing excitedly that it wasn't going to be I know. Delayed. It's like... It, it it was funny because it was like there were rumors. Teasing me. It, there were rumors, and then they released like the official schedule, and it was on the official uh. schedule, and so it was like, oh, it's not actually delayed. But then they did like the Disney Day or whatever day it was, and they were like, it's coming out in January. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> they try to get all excited. They're like, guess what? It, it's in coming in January. And it's yeah. like, well, we were more excited because it was coming out in a month. I but... get it though. I, if they did release it like the same time as Andor, it would have been. It might have been too much. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of like that they're giving a little bit of breathing room, especially because from what I've heard, we have not watched Andor yet. Um, but what from what I've heard, Andor is phenomenal. And yeah. actually, I'm, it's, I've gotten more excited about that show as uh, time has passed. We'll so. definitely watch it. Not sure if we're going to yeah. review it as quickly as we do everything else, just well, because we're so excited about Bad Batch. But what might be fun, and I was thinking about this, is if we just wait till the whole thing drops and we just do like one... Oh like, yeah, recap episode on like the whole thing because there's just so much Star Wars stuff that is going to be coming out soon that yes. it's like to cover all the stuff that we want to cover and maybe we'll go back and do like a deep dive thing yeah. in the future. Also, we're back from a short <laughs> short break. We just had a bunch of stuff going on, Holy so that shit. just like mess with our uh, recording schedule. Um, yeah. When our last episode dropped, we were actually on vacation at the beach and then um, just dealing with what happened after that i feel like everything yeah there's just a bunch of stuff so but we're back we're here we're watching uh a lot of the shows that we want to watch anyway so uh which again like continuing on the the trend of just always being enamored with bad batch i'm so glad again that we're rewatching this because there's so much stuff that i picked up on this time rewatching it that i was not yes expecting yes and these two episodes are probably two of my favorites probably the 
episode seven more than six just because we finally get someone that we always wanted yeah. to come back. And it wasn't as exciting as the first time we watched it, but obviously because it was a surprise the first time, but it was yeah. so exciting. And the first time we were like, I think it was like, who is that? Who is that? And then you see like a, a piece of the person and you're like, it's it's him. It's fucking him. Well, we already said it was it's Rex, Rex, but. <laughs> yeah. You see his gauntlet, yeah. which is the, obviously it's blue with, it's white with a blue stripe, but mm-hmm. you're like. There's only one clone that's probably still wearing their clone armor, <laughs> and it's Rex. Yeah, like, like they're dummy. you know, yeah, you dumbass. But I mean, it, obviously, all the new people are just wearing the the characteristic white well, stormtrooper armor. The Bad Batch are wearing their clone armor. Yeah, but theirs is so distinctively different. Yeah. It always has been. So, the first episode we're gonna get into um, is a lot. We were just talking about it's a lot of combat, so we're gonna kind of pinpoint. I'm still gonna go over the main outline, yeah. but. You know, well, there is a ton of action in this episode. Um, it, I was going to say, too, they're also... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There, uh, These two episodes are kind of... Have an interesting through line in that yeah. there's recurring characters in both. Mm-hmm. Or not recurring, uh, reintroduced characters that we've seen previously in the Clone Wars uh, that sure. both show back up. So, yeah, going over the cast, actually, there's only two new actors. Um, I just reemphasize that Liam O'Brien and Sam Regal are in this again. And they Yay. have the recurring characters of Bolo and Ketch, who are the uh, Ethorian and the Weequay that just keep coming into the bar, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, director and writer-wise, we have Nathaniel Villanueva, who's also worked on the Clone Wars, Rebels in the Art Department, and Tales of the Jedi as a director. Uh, writers, we have Amanda Rose uh, Munoz, who was who did Kung Fu Panda 3, is also part of Star Wars Resistance and Rebels, so very familiar with the franchise. Um, the two new characters that we have in this episode, who are not new to us, because mm-hmm. we got to see them in uh, Clone Wars, are uh, Bridget Kelly, who plays Trace, and then Elizabeth Martinez, who plays Rafa, the sisters. Yeah, the Mar- um, Martez sisters. Yes, who are from... Um, Clone Wars season seven? Or six. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what city they were on. They were in Coruscant, I think. uh, Because that was when they get introduced to Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they have like a mechanic shop, but they also, like the older sister kind of deals with like some shady folks. Yeah, I did want to note also another character, Matthew Wood, makes an appearance, who we've talked about before, but uh, that's important because in in terms of the plot, which we'll talk about, uh, there's some... uh, I must say clone droids. Clone droids. Uh, there's some droids that make an appearance in this episode as well. Yeah. And so we do get uh, Matthew Wood, I guess, kind of a cameo at this point because he's not like main cast, but yeah, yeah, he's yeah. showing back up as the uh, the droids and we get like a, hey, what happened? Like yeah, I love that. They're just waking up like, oh, I guess we're fighting them now. I love okay. the, when the, orders so the, are orders. We get some droids that are like, yeah, reactivated. And the first thing one of them says is, did we win? And it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Yes and no, but more yes. Kind of cool. I love it. So yes, so this whole episode is going to surround them going to a plant that is decommissioning the old droids that they're not using anymore from the war. And so it starts up in Sid's cantina on Ord Mantell, and Omega's practicing with her Zygerian energy bow, which I'm just so excited that she has this weapon, which is like totally dangerous and scary, but really cool. (laughs) And she's obviously struggling with it, but... And, and they talk about how she doesn't have, like, a particular knack for weapons, kind of like the Bad Batch do, but that she, you know, grows into it pretty fast. Um, and Sid actually takes it from her at some point and, like, 
precisely shoots the crossbow, which is, just shows how badass Sid is. Um, and Sid prompts them on their next kind of mission that they're going to get paid for, which is to go to a decommissioning facility on Corellia. Um, Corellia, not uh, Coruscant, is where they're at. No, um, sorry, I meant in, in Clone Wars, I believe they meet Ahsoka on Coruscant. Oh, okay, that's what okay, I was okay. Sorry, that's what I was saying. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, um, the Marte- Martez sisters, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's Coruscant, because I think... There's uh, a Jedi Ahsoka's temple. just, like, laying low. Yeah, 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 but the Jedi point. are still nearby. Yeah. Um, so they're going to retrieve a special um, separatist tactical droid, which is the unit that controls all the other units. So mm-hmm. they want that so that they can better learn how to um, fight the Empire. But we don't really know why Sid's person needs it. Um, we I don't know if we ever find out who that person is that they were actually going to sell the information to. Um, but we do find out that's what the Martez sisters are going to do. They're going to they're taking it to the Resistance. So they travel to Corelli on the Marauder. And Tech points out their travel now in their travel that um, they know the clones are serving the Galactic Empire. It's going to be good to know how to defeat them. And knowing how to defeat them just went up in value. So whoever yeah. the person is that is going to be taking that information, obviously it's more important. It's kind of a really interesting development because you have Echo, who was a clone used by the uh, Separatists when, when the Clone Wars was happening. To do the same you, thing. And now it's like, oh, well, now we want this tactical droid who knows everything about, like, the clones. And so it's just this is kind of, like, interesting subversion. I don't know if that's, like, that's not, like, an intentional thing. No, but it's something it's, I noticed. Yeah, it's cool. So this is where we see Rafa and Trace. They come in to the de- decommissioning plant. They're already there looking for the same exact stuff. Basically, at this point, they kind of intertwine with the sisters, and the sisters are very standoffish and are like, mm-hmm. who the fuck are you guys? And they're like, who are you? Um, one thing I do want to point out during this whole sequence, because it's rather long, it's almost the entire episode is them trying to get out of this area. Um, and it's kind of a t- mix between them helping each other, but then also hindering one another. The sisters um, kind of intermittently chase Omega around to get the helmet. Omega gets stuck on one of the conveyor belts and almost falls into the, like the pit where they're like burning and melting. She fell in the pit. <laughs> Where they're smelting down all the um, droids. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) She fell into the pit. uh, Parks and We all fell into the pit. I think that's what Um, I say, too. But anyway. There's like this, like, it it really is. I mean, this episode is very, I don't want to call it one note because we do get some, like, interesting stuff that happens. Yes. One of the important things is... uh, Wrecker, Wrecker slams his head into a wall. Yeah, and he starts, <laughs> we start seeing, like, the reactivation, I would say, of, like, yeah. the inhibitor chip. He, he starts, starts saying good soldiers. Yeah, which is really creepy, obviously. Yes. Um, but also, I do think it's funny that the the droid, uh, the droids that wake up literally say, one of the droids that wakes up says, like you said earlier, uh, orders are orders, which is, like, yeah, exactly. kind of like the droid version of, like, good soldiers follow <laughs> orders. Orders are orders. Yeah. <laughs> because... The reason they say that, and just to recap some of the little bit more of the tactical things that happen, is they end up reprogramming that they reawaken the tactical droid commander to program the rest of the droids to fight the security cards. Yeah. So they bring them back to life and they start shooting each other, and that's how they're all able to get out. Of course, they have to end up escaping together, even though there's this whole, like, you know. I don't rid- like you. Ridiculously heightened tension between Rafi and Record Hunter being like. You're a clone. I'm not going to mess with you and blah, blah, blah. And But I like Wrecker because he's fucking throwing people around like he always yeah. does. <laughs> there's there, this, 
there, I was going to say there's this trope that happens like throughout the episode of Rafa being like, like a million times. Yeah. I'm Rafa, sick of it. Rafa being like, no, I don't like you at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like you at all. And then Hunter being like, well, you got to work with me. Well, and, no one likes me. I mean, yeah. everyone hates me. <laughs> there, he does say that he's like, I'm used to it or something. Um, but then, yeah, obviously like they, so the kind of crux of the, the whole thing is that they, they, the group, in total, ends up getting the head of the tactical droid. At one point, Rafa's like, it's ours. Hunter's like, we'll argue about it later because we got to mm-hmm. work together to get out. While they're doing that, they figure out the 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 thing you, you had mentioned of like being able to use the tactical droid to kind of control some of the other droids that are about to be decommissioned. And during that moment, I didn't really recognize this the first time we watched it, but during that moment... Tech uses uh, like a data stick mm-hmm. to kind of like hack the information off of a scomp link. Yeah, off of the no, it's just a data stick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like bringing up a scomp. Um, and w- in doing that, I don't think he actually says in the moment what he's doing, but he's like he's like taking the information off, and yes. he does which say is that. smart because then later on the head gets destroyed. Yes, um, and so that's Raph. Rafa, sorry. I always want to call her just Raph. But Rafa and um, Trace Trace end up losing out on like whatever it is they're, you know, going to get because they don't have they don't have the head. But Um, one of the best, even though I was really annoyed with that whole banter, there was one little golden nugget of humor uh, (laughs) where Rafa and Trace are sitting there and Trace says, we need to make a distraction. And Rafa doesn't hear her and says, we need to make a distraction. Oh. And then Trace goes, is there an echo in here? And then echo just appears and is like, yes. It's a, it was it's a, so dumb, but it's so funny. It was a, he literally comes out of the corner of the screen and is like, yes, I am echo. It was a very weird uh, usage of the like, who's on first trope. Of, like, so dumb. It was so it. dumb. And like, it honestly kind of felt out of place, but I was like, you know what? I don't it's kind of funny i kind of like it but yeah that that moment i forgot that happened i swear they did it before but maybe i'm just remembering when they did it this time it might have just been when they well and one thing that's interesting i feel like about the the martez sisters that i do feel like they have a little bit of like a lighter tone to them absolutely so i think that that makes sense for the two of them um simply because like they they, they, it kind of matches, right? Like mm-hmm. their their personality. They're very much like. And, and speaking of their personality, one of the things I think there's two things that are pretty integral in this episode. One is that when Rafa and uh, Trace first meet, I keep wanting to say Omega, Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. When they first meet Ahsoka, there's this kind of like you had mentioned it, this like CD background of like mm-hmm. what who Rafa's working with. Rafa's like, always very suspicious of everyone. And yeah, not willing to trust anybody. But at a certain point, it seems like they kind of flip, and now they're working for the resistance, like purely. Yep. And Rafa has the line of like, "You have to make a choice of like you have to pick a side." At some point, yes. she says that to Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that that's pretty important because, like, the where they're kind of sitting, the Bad Batch is just just kind of like survival, right? Yeah. And that's kind of where Rafa and Trace kind of were too. Like, True. they were just like, we got to do this stuff to survive. Um, you know, whether it be you know working for people who are, uh, I must say, I must say, truthful have have don't have the the correct scruples. Is scruples the right word? Uh, bad people. Uh, <laughs> You know, criminals, unscrupulous characters. Um, and now they're, they're, it seems like they're purely working for the resistance is the idea that we get. And so that kind of 
gives this sets this piece into motion where Hunter then has to make a choice. Do they take this data stick that's like the only copy of the data back with them to give it to Wow, I'm forgetting everybody's names Rex. today. No, not Rex, to give it back to um Oh, Sid. Sid. Or do they give it to uh, the sisters? Which three-letter character do you want to give it to? Yeah. Sid or Rex? (laughs) Uh, Which they don't know. They're working with Rex at this point. And so they decide to give it to the sisters. Uh, That prompts, you know, Rafa to say... Hunter says something along the lines of, like, we're not all bad or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I've heard that before. And then she says something to the effect of, like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe you are different. And so I I think it just kind of, like, sets into motion of, like, you're sitting in the, like, pocket right now. You're sitting in that, like, kind of middle zone opting to work for Sid, not knowing who's employing Sid and doing Mm -hmm. various different things that are, you know – but I think they are starting CD. to realize, you're right, that they're, they are going to have to make a decision. Yeah. And there is going to be a moment where they are going to end up having to fight against their brothers. Yeah, and the Empire. still left, um, yep. which is primarily not their brothers anymore. But, you know, you know what's happening to them and um, the fact that they are not part of that anymore. Yeah. But I do think that that is important for their kind of like story characterization. Absolutely. Because, again, as of right now, it's just kind of like, well, what's... Even like even like meta Just plot wise, money? Like, yeah. What are... <laughs> what's prompt like moving them forward? Yeah. You know what I mean. Nothing. Like right now they're just kind of like sitting. Yeah. Um, and then we do see that um, they're in hiding. Really. Yeah, they're in and hiding. They're still in hiding. We see that when we get into the first part of the next episode, yes. where they're like Being they're not tail. making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not making that much money at all. So this next episode, just bleeding right into it, is called Battle Scars. Um, and it does. It starts off with them being pursued by gunships. They have a little lizard in a cage named Ruby, who we'll get back to in another episode, mm-hmm. really. She's not really highlighted in this episode, but we do see her later on. Um, and it's quickly learned that the Bad Batch have stolen this lizard from the Rokai, or they've intercepted it from the Rokai. Oh, yeah, I meant to look up the Rokai. Yeah, I think I were. did. Um, but the, the, the Rokai, it's not the Rokai's lizard. The Rokai have actually stolen it from somebody yeah. else. Um, but this is the whole point, right? Is that when they get back to Sid, she's like, well, you know, they're like, I thought we were supposed to be getting, you know, three times the money on this deal. And she said, no, I'm getting three times the money on this deal. You guys owe me for your docking fees. You owe me for like loans that I've taken out for you for weapons, for food, particularly 20 cartons of Mantel mix. And then there's this funny little... I love this little part where the screen slides to Wrecker and Omega buying more Mantel mix. And then the shopkeeper's like, who's paying for this? And he's like, just put it on Sid's card. Yeah. They've just been charging up this card. Um, um, I was just going to say really quickly, uh, the Rokai don't have a backstory. This yeah. is the only time they're mentioned. I definitely looked them up. Yeah, that's why I didn't say anything. So, I should have said that they didn't have anything, but they definitely don't. That's funny because I was like, oh, it's probably like a reference. Really cool to- thing. That, yeah, nope. nope. Usually it is, but it's yeah. not this time around. Which is fine. It's yeah. cool. it's okay. Like the Bad Batch doesn't have to be like we've talked about this before, where there's like a lot of references, um, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But they don't have to do that every time. Like they they need to have yeah. their own like new stuff. Something so. will come out, and yeah. they'll make they'll make a you know whatever. But anyway, you're right. They're really not making that much money either, um, because they're not. Sid is kind of still holding over their head that they're kind of in debt to her. Yeah. And she's using that to her advantage because she's like, I need someone. I need the muscle. They're actually, even though she won't admit it, 
they actually are doing a good service for her. Um, and it doesn't seem like she has anybody else doing anything yeah, for it, her. Yeah, it's so... funny because, like, I'm curious if we'll learn more about Sid's backstory because where she's like complaining about how bad they are at their job yeah, but who they're was doing, the only ones doing stuff who was doing jobs for her before maybe the, like the two the yeah maybe the, the authorian yeah exactly and, and then they're the just, yeah they're just fighting in the bar drunk all which the time. i did want to talk about how um sorry jumping back to the first episode when omega is practicing shooting her bow the authorian and then the the weak are like taking bets yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and i thought that was really i thought that was really cute and uh it turned into like a a whole thing where uh echoes like you got to tune out the distractions exactly um, and then it ends up you know she ends up being a pretty good shot yeah. later on in the episode which and is uh the authorian is like betting on her which yes. is kind of funny uh so we actually see them again they're fighting we hear them yelling at some cloaked stranger that you kind of see for half a moment at the beginning of the episode it kind of reminds me of the scene in Oh, it feels very western to me it feels very western but it reminds me of the scene in uh, a new hope where they go into the bar. Oh, Han Solo and Greedo? Or maybe, not, no, maybe, oh. is it in A New Hope? There's the, so many people the in a person, bar getting shot and running the, away. Where the uh, the alien's like, my friend says he doesn't like you to oh, Luke. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't like, that is, yeah, that's a, that's a New Hope. Yeah, that's also the episode with literally then Han Solo and Greedo have their part like right after that or before. It that. felt like that because the authorian's like, hey, you're in our seat. <laughs> my friend says he doesn't like And you. he's like, hey, are you just going to ignore us? Like yeah. kind of thing. Like it was... It's the exact setup. Yeah. We've seen and this setup before. <laughs> fucking scares the shit out of them because they go running off. And then this is when we get the reveal of Rex, which is amazing. So, of course, there's no new cast because Rex is played by the same person <laughs> that everyone in the Bad Batch is played by. But can by. I say, I know we talk about, like, Dee Bradley Baker's amazing voice acting voice, chops. But weird British accent for tech. But it's also, <laughs> it's really... It really shines when Rex shows back up because Rex so has different. Rex has a very like interesting tone and mannerism oh, to his voice. <laughs> Such a crush on Rex. It's cool. Like I I kind of love that and he like falls back into it like really easily. So yeah. it's really it's just a really interesting um It's amazing. And there's this this part is really gripping and sincere because there's this great little reunion and we see we just finished watching the clone wars episode where they're introduced to the bad batch and how skeptical and how much uh antagonization there is between rex and the bad batch in that episode when they're fighting over who's going to be the leader of the group when they're on their mission but then now we see wrecker coming in and like picking him up and hugging him and i will say um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but it's a minor nitpick i do wish there was, I wish that the role that Wrecker has there when he's like, oh, Rex, like, and gives him a big bear hug. I wish there was more interaction between Echo and Rex because they have way more history. Yeah, it's true. And I, like, it would have been nice if instead of, like, went, because Omega says, like, I thought yeah, you didn't Rex, like- you would have think after all Rex did for Echo and how upset he was that he was taken, like, yeah. he would be more interested in seeing Echo. You're right. Like, that. It, I wish that, like, because, so Echo says, or sorry, not Echo. Omega says, I thought you didn't like the regs. And that's when uh, Wrecker says, oh, this one we do like. Well, you and like I wish, Echo too. I wish that <laughs> I wish that Echo in that moment had been the one who, instead of Wrecker saying this one we like, if Echo is like, I owe this man my life or something like that. Yeah. Like, that would have been so sweet and like a really easy like nugget. It's true. It was very weird that they decided not to do that. And I don't it know true. why. And it was jarring, like I said, because the last episode they had literally just met Wrecker. It didn't really seem like the Bad Batch has 
dealt with Rex that much. Yeah, it's it, like they know, they have dealt with him and, and gone on important missions with him, but it wasn't again. It wasn't the same relationship that Rex had with Echo for sure. That feels like a honestly, that feels like a an oversight, right? Of like the people who are writing this episode, not, absolutely. Like not remembering the fact that like Echo is was a reg and became like a bad batch. Um, yeah, it kind of sucks. It definitely yeah. was a missed opportunity. There were definitely some good parts there, though. I really loved when Omega met Rex and he kneels down to look at her, and she's staring really hard at his face, and she's yeah, like, he "You're even, a not, you're a um, what does she call him? A, Gen One, Gen One, or Gen A?" Or and he's Gen like, whatever. "How do you know that?" And she's like, "The lines in your face," <laughs> and it's really cute. Yeah, um, man, he's getting old. He's but he old doesn't boy. look old and chubby yet. He's but not, he, he's not got his dad bod yet. Yeah, he does. Um. He actually does mention Omega being a special clone as well. Absolutely. Uh, but does not say exactly what yeah. in, in, in this episode. So that's like just like another another little nugget that they keep dropping. Yeah. Um, so. And then we have this tense moment immediately after where Rex realizes that they still have their inhibitor chips in. And he is extremely surprised to the point where he actually ends up going for his blaster and Omega's kind of behind him. They keep making this point of showing Omega like wide eyed behind Rex, probably going to stop him if he does do that. But obviously he doesn't. He says he doesn't want to, you know, take down another one of his brothers. And he's like, y'all, you've got it. This has got to be your priority right now. You've got to take these chips out. So we have a little bit of weird like staccato in this episode where we fast forward very quickly to other parts of the, episode so like right after that they're like rex is like i'll get back in touch with you and then we go forward to i guess them getting set up for the mission where they're going to Braca, mm-hmm. which is as you referenced is in um jedi fallen order yes yep. which is literally a trash planet like this mm-hmm. planet has become a massive dump it's run by like the scrapper guild and we yes. see members of the scrapper guild they're mentioned yeah I, they're kind of watching what's going on i think cal kestis works for the scrapper guild like in, at, at the beginning uh of the game um and yeah you just get like another look at this planet and yeah it is it is very like but it's more it's more fantastical it's like the trash has come become part of the planet there's so much scrap on this planet and i don't know if it was like they were dumping i don't know the, the full background of it if well, they were dumping all of the trash old war yeah vessels ended up being taken there for and sure it's, it's interesting to me that like they didn't like de-operationalize them like it's it's funny going from the episode where we're literally at like a a droid decommissioning factory to just like a re, like republic warship true you know scrapyard where there's stuff that's still operational i guess it's like a it's a big undertaking like it's easier to decommission a droid than it is to decommission a full warship well also to that point there's an advantage here on this planet because there is a massive beast who literally devours trash yeah who has become huge and is like the core of the planet essentially oh this like tentacled like I didn't know it was the core of the planet. Well, I, don't th- I, I mean that, like, metaphorically. Like, it's so big that it, like, you don't have to travel to one part of the planet to find it. Like, it... Oh, I didn't realize that. At least that's what it kind of says in the Wikipedia, is that, like, they discovered that this creature could oh. be it, their trash compactor. Interesting. And it has grown in size. Oh, shit. It's it's, ma- it's gargantuan. It's grown in size because of the amount of trash that they've That's really cool. It. Uh, which is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I also learned that this monster can replicate its tentacles. So when we see 
scooting ahead a little bit because basically what we see at this point is they infiltrate Braca. They're going through this dangerous territory to get to a med bay on an old Republic ship so that they could get these chips out. And as they're going there, uh, they end up having to climb over these like treacherous spaces. Of course, there's a few gaps where Wrecker has to go across. <laughs> You know, an infinitely t- long, you know, uh, cliff, and he's, like, freaking out. And, of course, there, here's the moment, here it comes, is he's climbing on this tiny little rope, this giant, massive man, and it breaks, and his leg gets tied around the end, and he's dangling. And, of course, that monster tries to grab him. He's yeah. slicing off the tentacles, almost gets killed, but they're able to get him out. So I wanted to pause here because something I noticed about this episode as we were watching it and I started taking notes on is just like the references to horror movie tropes or like thrillers. And I think it kind of starts, you could say it starts at like the beginning, right? Of like, so you have like the masked figure, like that's not really a horror movie trope, but it is kind of like, who is this mysterious man? And then you have this kind of like, Almost like zombie esque moment of like not not disease spreading, but it's like the inhibitor chips are bad. Well, Wrecker it, keeps groaning and saying something about his head, and that's what startles Rex at first. Yeah, He's like what do you mean you have a consistent headache? Like it, what is going on? It's almost like are you infected? Have you been bitten? Too? Exactly. It reminded me so much of that. Of like no, like it, it, there's always that moment in like a zombie movie yeah. where someone. I think in like I was looking this up in like TV tropes, they refer to like they refer to it as. Um, resist resisting the beast or like they act like everything's normal and yeah. then they like bend over and you see the bite or you see like the bruise on them and it's you're like, like oh no don't worry about that like yeah. i haven't and then turned. someone goes to shoot them like that's yeah. exactly what happens it's, it's, like, it's that is like we have to shoot you like yeah it's it really is that and so from that moment on there's like other things that start happening and in the in the cave well it's not really a cave but in the 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 it feels like a cave yeah, right like the, the sequence cave yeah where they're in this ship um I had taken note of just like the there's this moment where Wrecker is climbing back up the cable and it reminded me I was like there is a movie poster that mm-hmm. looks like this and I couldn't place it and I started looking it up and there's actually a couple movie posters and I don't, I don't know this isn't like from IMDb or anything like that so I don't know if they took homage from these things but it feels like they had to have but like there's and I'll I'll try and post them on the Twitter account once uh, once this episode drops, but there's the movies, the descent, the cave. Oh, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> this is like Wrecker's a descent. This is like, well, there's that too. This is like a, a movie that was in the eighties that I don't know anything about. It looks like a B movie, but like the poster, I was like, Oh, that's exactly it. Um, there's this like hunky dude and he's holding a woman like on this rope, but then there's these tentacles coming up after them. And that movie is called, um, that, sorry, that movie is called what waits below. I've, that sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. I don't know anything about it, but I think there is this there's this genre, right, of oh, yeah. of cave movies and things. Even in even in the, the poster for um the the cave, I think, there's a poster where there's like a water, mm-hmm. they're holding like flashlights and stuff, and then there's this monster underneath. Yeah. Same thing with like the descent. There's like they're like belaying down a rope. Uh um, well there's also like jaws at the very beginning. I was gonna they say see jaws the water. Like someone sees something move in the water yep. and they're like, just don't go into the water. They're I like, put that. I yeah. took that exact note. I said Jaws. There's even like a reference to yeah, Jaws yeah, yeah. too. There's a lot of suspense, thriller, horror kind of stuff. And That's then it cool. continues on forward when we start getting into the rest of the episode, right? So they get to even like the lab is kind of spooky. Well, they're, they're experimenting on him and he ends up becoming the monster for a while, right? Like yeah. There's like a almost over. like Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. They're not experimenting, but like they're doing like science yeah, stuff yeah, to yeah. him. Um, even... 
I even noted this of like when they turn the the console on, the, I believe the like sim- like the empire symbol kind of like shows up on the console. Oh, that's creepy. I didn't um, notice that. Which is like, oh yeah, like they're in they're in the belly of the beast, which is another trope kind yeah, of thing yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point. And then before they can even start working on Wrecker, he that's when his chip activates. And yeah. then that gets into like a whole other genre, right, of horror movies. So we have Wrecker kind of wreaking havoc, mm-hmm. trying to kill his brothers, Omega, everyone, and is like, you're in direct violation of Order 66. Isn't that what happened with Crosshair, too, is like, it's like when they're threatened, their chip goes off? Because that's what happened with... Was it Fives, the first person whose chip went off prior to Order 66? There was, like, a threat on their life, and it was, like, maybe, like, a last-minute emergency mechanism that's, like, if someone tries to take the chip out, Hmm. it... Interesting. I don't know. I can't remember, but I feel like, clearly, Palpatine didn't say commence Order 66, and that's what happened with the very first clone that was activated. Yeah, I forget what happens with Fives... Uh, I feel like they were trying to take it out or they were doing something with it and that is what happened but I I thought he had like a a brain injury or something again that was a threat to the chip yeah maybe maybe Uh, I also think yeah has tons of brain damage I think my (laughs) my theory with this is that their chips in like at this moment are all active but like they have suppressed them based on like their genetic mutations and i think with hunter it like jostled or something like him getting so many head injuries sounds bad saying that but like yeah um, yeah, sorry wrecker having so many head injuries it like jostled it loose or something and then it started working is that they remember and are cognizant when they are attacking yeah which is another so jumping back to the kind of tropes i was noting on that's like another kind of like horror movie or thriller movie of like the there's like the get away from me like the um could turn into a monster at any point or like even like the after that happens of like the the being remorseful of what they've done Mm -hmm. kind of thing and like the i don't want to hurt you like Mm -hmm. we see that at the end during the kind of like monster movie then it kind of shifts into like this thriller like monster movie slasher where it's like Mm -hmm. you have a couple of different moments where it's it's mostly so wrecker kind of like he like incapacitates most of the the adults and then he's just kind of like he, he's like well sorry he's fighting with them and then omega i think takes a shot at him or something mm-hmm. and then he kind of turns his attention to her mm-hmm. and then that's when we get kind of like this like juggernaut killing machine kind of moment a la like it was terrifying the this terminator child just sitting there and it was like he was cornering her yeah and coming at her and those moments were very reminiscent of like the terminator jason movies like mike myers where it's like yeah. just this human hulking figure that's like unstoppable mm-hmm. that's going to kill you yeah um, and then and of course someone from behind incapacitates or does something does which something is what rex does yeah he stuns wrecker and like usually in those moments in horror movies like either he's not actually dead and comes back and obviously we have the good ending here mm-hmm. the only other one i was going to call out too that was it very was reminiscent of was alien um, oh, where yeah. they're, they're obviously on the ship the lights are flashing well, in such a way like that yeah even the moment where like Omega's hiding with the gun. Like, that felt like a very alien kind yeah. of thing. So, like, it was very cool, like, that they wrap. I don't know, if, again, I don't know if that was the intention. All of these things are so iconic that it's very easy to put them into a pot and be like, okay, these they, sequentially, this is just what happens. Like, this is just what's going to yeah. happen. But they all follow a very similar thing. Not bad. It was great. It yeah, was, no, it's it it very cool. This is a great episode. And I also, I was thinking about this afterwards, and I was like, th- so there's other episodes in Clone Wars that 
have like horror movie oh, yeah. undertones too. We talked about one uh, when we were looking at the well, the fives episode when he gets activated is terrifying. That's too, terrifying. With Anakin and that one when I think Anakin's like in jail for a time or like someone's like incarcerated for a moment in time and it was scary. There's scary. the cube, the episode that we oh, talked yeah. about on, on technically that's a horror movie. Yeah. Um and then there's also a very early episode where Ahsoka and the one of the other Padawans, uh I'm blanking on their name, um, are on a ship and there's like these brain uh, oh my god yeah they're like mm-hmm. these brain bugs that like burrow into yeah, the clones mind yeah uh or burrow into their they probably brain. fuck with their inhibitor chips yeah and like those so like when star wars and then we talked about this when we talked about obi-wan like of how darth vader kind of felt like mike myers and like my some episodes god. yeah it was awesome when, oh also darth maul like is terrifying yeah as like the spider like, creature this weird like yeah like he's like it essentially he yeah. like, lives in the sewer like and the other thing I was going to say was the, even like the... He's got the, face paint. <laughs> uh, who, Darth Maul's sisters, the Iridonian, uh, the Night Sisters. The Night Sisters. They have like Not a very... real sisters, but... Well, yeah. yeah. But that species, they have like a very like horror kind of they undertone They look like Hellraiser. Too. Like they have the needle, like... Oh, that's true. The Iridonians have like spikes coming out. Like yeah. Kind of like hellraiser But the Night like Sisters the too are like these like witches, like yeah. almost. I and mean, they're not almost witches. They are witches. They are witches. Um, like Mo- Mother Talzum or... Yeah, it is Talzum, right? I Mother, don't know. Yeah. Sounds right. Um, like, and all of that is like really fucking creepy and spooky mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, so it is... It's When Star Wars does horror stuff, it's really cool. And there's almost like this part of me that's like... Just do, like, a whole horror movie. Oh like, a gosh. Star Wars horror movie. Like, that would be kind of cool. If they do Visions... I mean, they are doing Visions again. They should be... They should do a terrifying Japanese horror, like... That would be... Jet- oh, uh, my God. Like, Junji would- Ito, like, kind oh of... Oh, my God. That Actually, that reminds me, too, even in Rogue One, where we see at the very end where Darth Vader is boarding the rebel ship, and it's, like, the lights are out, and it's dark, and you just see this red, and he's just, like, approaching. Like, even that, like, is, like, a horror movie Incredible. element yeah, yeah, yeah. of... And so, anyway... You forget, because Darth Vader was probably scary for a short moment of time when it first came out, and we forget that he's, like, a villain, and yeah. so he's supposed to be scary. But, like, the sci-fi element of it and the humanizing element of it, once we recognize who it is, kind of takes him away from that. But Obi-Wan did, like, an incredible job of making him actually scary again. Like, yeah. But, even but like, even jumping back to this episode, like, even when Wrecker becomes, like, the horror movie monster, his face shifts. Like, he has, like, his mm-hmm. eyes are, like, very focused. He even, like... I mean, and he's a huge guy. Out of all of the ones dude. that are going to get possessed, that's the scariest one. Because he also, he's like... Massive. He uses his brute strength a lot, too. Like, he literally chokes He's like King Kong Hunter. or something. Yeah, like, like that that kind of, like, brutalization, too, is, like, mm-hmm. a pretty common thing with, like, those kind of, like, 80s th- Thrasher movies where, like, the, the, the killer is just, like, manhandling mm-hmm. people. Or manhandling might be the wrong word. But, like, just, like, using Swinging brute strength. Around. Like, I think about, like, there's scenes in, like, Michael Myers where, like, he just grabs someone and, like, lifts them off the floor, like, yeah. kind of thing. And that's what, that's what Wrecker does. The first thing he does when he's, like you're not gonna like take my chip out like when it yeah. kind of like s- the flips the switch flips Ugh. he literally like lifts hunter off the ground like by choking or was mm-hmm. it tech one of them i can't remember i think it's tech it is tech yeah on him so but then it we is- have this completely 180 moment where when he comes back down he's almost in tears because he recognizes that he almost yep. slaughtered all of them and he's constantly apologizing to omega and omega bless her fucking heart is like the best kid in the world and yeah. it's just like <laughs> 
it wasn't you i understand she out of all of them understands because she's probably seen them put the chips in like she knows what they are and how they work and yeah she stays by his side she refuses to leave him and she um, i was gonna say this is like a this is a this is both a callback and a call forward as well for her because she was the one who is very much like, this isn't Crosshair's fault. Like when they yeah. were like talking about Crosshair and like leaving Crosshair and stuff. And I think even when we, spoiler, we'll see Crosshair again yeah. in future episodes. I think she is even like very much like wanting to stay with it. Like she understands. And there is like a very profound kind she of maturity. She realizes now that there is hope. And she's yeah. like, I think there is a way that we can get Crosshair I think she's back. always known that. I think yeah. she's always known that there is like, that the inhibitor chips are what's doing this. And I think there is like a profound maturity with her of, of being able to keep that in mind. Like, whereas like the others are just kind of like, I don't want to say they've thrown Crosshair to the, to the wolves, but they do... It doesn't seem like they're thinking about well, him very much. Priority-wise, they're going to protect Omega over Crosshair. Right. But um, when you think about it, like it is, it is kind of messed up. Like they go out of their way at this moment to save Wrecker, but like they didn't do the same thing for Crosshair. Crosshair doesn't gives into it is that he doesn't feel like he's been a part of them. Yeah, because he always has been kind of a little darker. Like even in the first episodes, he is the very first one to argue against the regs. You know. Uh, with Rex, he and Rex get into some fights in that first episode with the Bad Batch. Like, he's always been more antagonistic than the rest of them. And he's constantly, even though he listens to Hunter, he's always the first one to say, like, I don't know if we should be doing this. Mm -hmm. Or to contest his word. Yeah. And so there, there's always been a little bit of frustration there, I think. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say, too, about the trope of the horror movie trope kind of tie-ins uh, is that there is this there is this horror, psychological horror as well of, like, complete loss of control mm -hmm. for Wrecker. Like, that's terrifying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he he's, doesn't even... He's somewhat aware. Yeah, he doesn't even happening. get his, like, get away from me moment. Like, there was an... I think there was an opportunity for them to do that and they decided not to, which is fine. Like, it's just a choice where he could have been like, you, like, get away from me, everyone. Like, before he started, like, rampaging. I think it's because it's a switch. It's a switch, yeah. There, there's no, like, chemical imbalance or like viral slower intake of him being able to realize what's happening to him like with a werewolf when you get bit there's like this slow transformation where you have this pain and agony and like you're trying to in your last moments have a human moment with everyone but with him it's like literally a button yeah. that switches it's like a droid it's like oh it's turned on now all of my humanity is gone yeah it's it's scary. It's here. scary. And it's it's scary for him. It's also scary for, you know, the people in the room as or well. Fucking 8-year-old or 11-year-old <laughs> running around. Yeah, and there is a there is a moment too like right before Rex uh takes Wrecker out. And he obviously stuns him. He doesn't kill him. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, he um he just punched him in the back of the head. <laughs> Omega is like I don't she's like I don't want to hurt you. And you can see like the horror like in that moment too where she's like I have to, I'm going to have to make a choice. She has a blaster. She probably doesn't know how to switch it from stun mode to kill mode or whatever oh. it is, you know, and she doesn't even know, like, that's a thing. And she's just, like, thinking, like, I'm going to have to kill. Like, and, and really, he's, like, her big brother, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in a lot of ways. Or I mean, her they, little brother. Or her little brother. <laughs> I mean, they all are, but I think there is, like, a a sibling relationship more with the two of them. Oh, yeah. There's more a sibling relationship with Wrecker. There's more of, like, a 
uncle relationship with some of the other ones like tech and echo and then her dad is hunter yeah <laughs> and they all He's have the daddy. familiar relationships with them but wrecker's definitely not a father He's but a yeah father. You, it's just in that moment too also too like remembering she is like a child it's like yeah. gosh like she's just like realizing like i'm gonna have to kill this person or die yeah i mean she's grown up really fast yeah. even in the last episode she pointed that fucking crossbow at rafa and was like threatening her and telling her not to talk to when she like went to go talk on her comm she was like don't don't reply yeah she was very badass about it even though obviously we see her like shaking because she can't control the crossbow all the way and yeah realizes that but which also she's too, trying her damn best like what's funny is like by the end of that episode they she, she, like she's won over both of them like mm-hmm. which happens so much with like her character like she's, she's constantly winning people over like they're like at the start of the episode she's literally pointing a gun and at then she's Rafa. always like bye and then she's like to them and bye my like, best friend that i almost <laughs> killed a couple minutes ago <laughs> bye best friend bye it's bestie. just it's such a cool bye it's why I really like uh, Omega yeah. as a character because she has this like, just kind of like free nature to yeah. her. It's really cool. Yeah, um, she's so amazing. But then to, to just wrap up, obviously, like we we spent a lot of time talking about like the beats in this episode. The end of the episode, they get all their inhibitor chips out. Rex leaves again. Rex hints at he's talking to someone on his his com. We don't know who it is, but he basically confirms he's he's working for some cell that's like trying to help the Republic mm-hmm. or. The remnants of the Republic, the resistance at this point, I guess you would call it. Um, and then we see him kind of disappear into the mist. And then we see the the guild, the trash guild, not the trash guild. Scrapper guild. Scrapper guild. I mean, they are the trash guild. We see them call in to someone, they, or they call into someone in our like alert Who the we, Empire. Who's Cad Bane, I believe, because Cad Bane's Spoilers, in the next Spoilers, we haven't gotten to We're going to get there. Yet. Okay. Well, I think it is. I can't entirely. We don't know. There's always a mysterious person on the other line in the show. <laughs> that is, that's true in the past like four episodes there's been, all like, at the end there there's been there's been rex there's been cad bane whoever fennec was talking to fennec which i think we find out who fennec i think was ahsoka at one point but that might be another that might be another show but there's so, always no, a mysterious figure on you're the thinking other of line. rebels yeah there's always a mysterious <laughs> spoiler figure on for the rebels other sorry line. uh you know whatever but that's pretty much where we end this one with this um inclination that Someone else is after them, as everyone is, uh, whether it be the Empire or the Scrapper Guild or some guild. They are a very high-value target right now for a lot of people. Yeah, and the next episode is called Reunion. Ooh. Reunion. <laughs> That's a reference to uh, Advent Children. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. I remember, that, I remember that commercial so vividly because I was so excited. But, um, yeah, but I, I do want to say real quick, I know we sped through the first episode. There really just wasn't much... That ha- it really that whole episode is action, and whereas like I I'd think love the to same. See Rafi- I'd love to see Rafa and Trace again. Yeah. Oh, of course, and I think um, we will in season two. I think mm-hmm. they come back. Um, and and, and it, it is true that the second episode there is a lot of action too, but it's it's like a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. But that's the only reason why we went so quickly through episode one. They're both really great episodes. Like, there's don't take like us talking about the first one people i am so sorry <laughs> if the if the episode with rafa is your favorite i'm sorry um but i do i also do want to just say i love the martez sisters oh, as well absolutely. i think they're cool characters i love their hair too they're so badass um well i think that's it oh tommy's playing a 
invisible tuba. That means we're going to the outer rim. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know. It was. You were like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if we wanted to go beyond the outer rim really quickly. I said that, and I don't really. I'm just exhausted, but I'm very happy that it feels everything. like fall outside. So it is. That yeah, is my thing. The first day of fall was recent, so Ooh. it's where we're at. It that means. That means chilly air is in the air. <laughs> chilly, chilly air. Chilly air. Um, and uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to be fall. Oh, there is, neither of us have played this yet, but this is kind of like making the rounds. Uh, speaking of tubas, the saxophone, is it a saxophone? No, it's a trombone. The trombone game. What's it called? I don't remember now. There's this trombone game that is like, it's sweeping it's the amazing. nation. <laughs> trombone champ. Trombone champ, um, and it's just like the you silliest. Play it's you win, you win toots when you play, because that's what it does when you trombone. You toot. It's the silliest game. We've watched some streamers play it, and it looks primarily uh, grinning because she just screams bloody murder while she plays, which is so funny. It looks like a lot of fun, and also, oh, I will mention too this last thing, um, just because it's this is the only other thing that's like a huge part of my. Pers- not personality. That's not the word I'm looking for. I, I have no personality but Star Wars and Magic the Gathering. Um, another hobby. That's the right word. So there's a recent set that came out of Magic the Gathering, and it's it's actually a return to like where Magic began in a way because it's going it's Dominaria United and it's going back to Dominaria. And I always like love anything that has to do with uh, like the old timey magic the gathering story and stuff like that and so that's that's been taking up a ton of my time and also the set is really fun to draft and there's just some cool stuff in the set so i've been having fun with that i love it well that is it for today's episode (laughs) that is it that's it for today's episode we're at this and echoes sw on twitter and instagram or you can find us each individually i'm cassie thulu on twitter what about you uh, and I am, okay, I didn't Sorry, match. I did that for very long. I didn't match uh, your energy. That's I'm at awkward comma in this galaxy of cowboy hats. In cowboy hats. Oh, that makes sense. Dave Filoni. Uh, tune in next time when we mourn Wrecker's death when he dies from space tetanus. <laughs> there was such a long pause. Well, we mourn his, because I knew I was about to say die again. I was like, we mourn his death from dying. There was such a long pause tetanus. where you were just like, where we mourn <laughs> Wrecker's death. death. And I was like, is that it? Is that our closing? <laughs> yeah, we just... Is that our closing bit? And everyone's like, what the fuck? He doesn't die? What's going on? No, the space tetanus, because it was a very dirty facility. Rusty ass yeah. which is also horrible in itself. True. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.